Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Sports Shack. I hope you are well and have had a great sporting week. Hello Mrs. Libby. Hi. How are you? I'm alright. The school holidays are nearly at an end? Yes. Yeah, you sad? Yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I was at school, I used to dread the end of the school holidays. Oh, another school year, but doesn't take long to get back into it again, does it? No. Yeah. And you get to catch up with all your friends again. Mm. So, going into year nine. Yes, I am. Jeez. So, what's been happening during the holidays? Last few weeks. Last few weeks, I went to a concert mm-hmm. with my friends, and that was really fun. Um, what was the concert? Gracie Abrams. Right. What sort of uh, music does she sing? Because I'm not really familiar with music today. If you ask me in the eighties, I would have known probably all the songs. Have you seen um, Have you seen Star Wars? Yeah, way back in 1977 or something. Okay. So <laughs> the guy, the guy who made, I guess, like the more recent ones, or. Mm had a part in making them his name's jj abrams and uh gracie abrams is his daughter oh okay right so he's american yeah she's american okay mm. and she got songs in the top 40 probably not oh okay yeah i was a big top 40 fan when i was your age what's that top 40 yeah that's what i mean with music today they're not up with it this generation gosh we used to top 40 was used to come on every saturday sunday morning but what on the is ABC. it well it's a top 40 songs oh out at the moment i yeah. thought top and 40 was one word yeah yeah top 40 you yeah. got australian top 40 american top 40 well there's billboard top 100 actually Mm. Yeah, but, uh, I've heard I've heard of that. I'd never heard of top forty before. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wouldn't have a clue what's the number one song on the charts at the moment. <laughs> Gosh, I used to just about nearly everyone knew back in the eighties and nineties, even the seventies too. How times have changed. Yeah. Anyway, we'll move on to our topic for this week. It's a two part two parter. I have no idea what the topic is. On inspirational sporting quotes. Cool. Yeah, so we're going to discuss some inspirational quotes from sports people over the years. So many well-known sports people have worked hard to overcome physical and mental obstacles in order to achieve success in their sport, and they have often had insightful, motivating words to share. Their words have inspired many to go on and succeed. Coaches like to provide inspirational quotes to help convey their message, to motivate their athletes and work on areas that they want their athletes to improve in. Can you think of any inspirational quotes, Livy? doesn't have to be sport. Um, Anything come to mind? Not really. I'll put you on the spot there, haven't I? Yes, you have. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, not really. Mm-hmm. What about you? Oh, I've got a whole heap of them, but 
Yeah, the one that really stands out is my hero. What's the that? great Muhammad Ali. You know how he's very famous for his poems and quotes and Yeah. Yeah, he was uh and how he inspired so many people, you know, especially the African American generation and in the nineteen sixties and seventies and Yeah, and he was addressing a a university one day, all these university students. Yeah. And someone in the crowd yelled out, Hey, Muhammad, give us a poem. And so we do. Yeah. And then Muhammad Ali goes, me, we. (laughs) Beautiful. Short and very sweet. Very short, (laughs) very sweet. But yeah, he's one of the most inspirational sports people of the 20th century. Full of quotes and poems and... Probably the most famous person in sporting history. Um, Just a worldwide figure. And, uh, you know, I'll I'll just talk about some of his quotes here. These are some of his inspirational quotes. And in the next episode, we're going going to uh, look at some of his very funny quotes. (laughs) And he's got a whole heap of them. (laughs) Yeah, but we'll just focus on some of them. But he goes, quote, you're just a bunch of hypocrites. I told you I was going to get Liston, and I got him. I shook the world and proved all of you wrong. Now tell me, who's the greatest? And that was after he defeated Sonny Liston in 1963 to claim his first heavyweight title. And he was given no hope at all of winning that. And yeah, another quote is, I ain't got no quarrel with them Viet Cong. That was his resistance to being drafted because... Yeah, he refused to go and serve in the Vietnam War because, yeah, he just didn't see the need to go. Fair enough. Yeah, he was standing up for his right to not have to fight. And, yeah, it was just, you know, a war that he didn't think America should have been fighting. Yeah, but there are many other reasons too. And another quote is, if I didn't have this health problem, I'd probably have a miserable life. I wouldn't be human. And at the end of his career, he he started developing Parkinson's disease. Oh. Yeah, so that's why once he retired, you know, you'd see him shaking a lot and his speech was very slurred. And yeah, so inspired so many. But that was all in regard to his Parkinson's. And another, this is a very, probably one of his most famous quotes. If my mind can conceive it and my heart can believe it, then I can achieve it. End of quote. And another one, quote, it's a lack of faith that makes people afraid of meeting challenges. And I believed in myself. End of quote. And quote, champions aren't made in the gyms. Champions are made from something they have deep inside them. A desire, a dream, a vision. End of quote. And just looking at some other ones that come to mind for myself. The great Herb Elliot. Now he's a former where are they now? Now he was a he's a famous former famous Australian middle distance runner. And he won a gold medal in the fifteen hundred meters and nineteen sixty Rome Olympics. Yeah. And he, yeah, his quote here is and he was just, yeah, re- you know, really, really hard trainer because he had this coach 
called Percy Cerruti. And, yeah, he was just a, he was a much older man. Mm. And, yeah, he revolutionised all these training techniques. And But, yeah, Herb Elliott said, quote, If it hurts, make it hurt more. Pain is the purifier. Love pain. Embrace pain. End of me. quote. Sorry, Livy. <laughs> like all over me. Now. So good. When you were a baby, right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure this is when I saw this movie. And it's about a, a guy called Jim Valvano. Now, from memory, I remember watching it at Ronald McDonald House when you were in the neonatal ward. And it really inspired me at the time. Yeah, now he's a former basketball coach. Now, yeah, mainly a college basketball. He was a college basketball player and coach. And, yeah, I watched this movie at Ronald, Ronald McDonald House when, you know, things weren't too good in life, were they? No. You know, you were fighting for your life and, yeah, and it was just a day-by-day thing. But look at you now. Yay! 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 Nearly as tall as I am, fighting fit. I am, I found out yesterday, I'm 168.8 centimetres. Bless my soul. 168, yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. Guess how, t- how tall you were, how big, how long you were when you were born. What? 30. <laughs> You're the size of uh, a length of ruler. Yeah, the size of a ruler. Yeah. And see that can that you're holding? In your hand that you're drinking out of right now, mm-hmm. you were the weight of that. Hard to believe, isn't it? Sorry, I'm not <laughs> stretching. Yeah, but this guy, they they made a movie. He's a very inspirational man, and yeah, he um the the movie was called Never Give Up: The Jimmy V Story. That's a great name for an yeah. inspirational movie. And it starred Aussie actor Anthony LaPaglia, who played Jim Valvano. And, yeah, he came. Well, he, he was fighting cancer, you know. The movie showed his career, like his coaching career, and yeah. he was diagnosed with um, terminal cancer and how he just battled it and fought on. And Yeah, but I'll play this video. And... Yeah, it's very, very well known for his famous quotes. Well, mainly in America, he's not too, wasn't too well known in Australia. This was. We are starting the Jim, Jimmy V Foundation for Cancer Research. And its and its motto is "Don't give up." Don't ever give up. And that's what I'm going to try to do. Every minute that I have left, I will thank God for the day and the moment I have. And if you see me, smile and maybe give me a hug, because that's important to me too. But try, if you can, to support, whether it's AIDS or the Cancer Foundation, so that that someone else might survive, might prosper, and might actually be cured of this dreaded disease. We are starting the very Jimmy good. V. Yeah, so he was had a successful coaching career with multiple schools, 
college basketball is huge over there. Yeah. However, it's well remembered for his long battle with cancer and his inspirational and memorable speeches. And at the 1993 ESP, ESPY Awards, now that, that was just a few months before his death, that um, video we just played. Wow. Yeah, wow. the don't give up, don't ever give up. And, yeah, he also makes this quote that is, quote, cancer can take away all of my physical abilities. It cannot touch my mind. It cannot touch my heart. And it cannot touch my soul. And those three things are going to carry on forever. End of quote. That's really nice. Yeah. I think I've got that one too from memory. That was an ad. Sorry. <laughs> Wasn't supposed to come up. But it did. But it did. Here we are. And when people say to me, how do you get through uh, life or, or each day is the same thing. To me, there are three things we all should do every day. We do this every day of our life. You're going to have, what a wonderful, number one is laugh. You should laugh every day. Number two is think. You should spend some time in thought. And number three is you should have your emotions move to tears. Could be happiness or joy. But think about it. If you laugh, you think, and you cry, that's a full day. That's a heck of a day. You do that seven days a week, you're going to have something special. Hmm. Yeah, he'd be very inspirational to listen to, wouldn't he? Yeah. If you were a, one of his players before you went out onto the court. Now, his son, Jamie Valvano, now he inherited his father's cancer gene. Oh. And now it's his father's foundation. Um, yeah, so his father's foundation for cancer research helped save his life and millions of others. Wow. Yeah, so what his father did, all that hard work, helped save his son's life. Wow. Mm. Yeah, so he said, quote, I inherited a cancer gene from my dad. He also left me a game plan to live. He also left me hope for survival, end of quote. Now, the great Michael Jordan, the basketball and sporting great, he never settled as a player. He continually aimed for improvement no matter what. And he's got also got some very inspirational quotes. And he says, quote, I never lost a game. I just ran out of time. End of quote. Another quote, to learn to succeed, you must first learn to fail. End of quote. That applies to life in general, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm. And also, quote, some people want it to happen. Some wish it would happen. Others make it happen. End of quote. Woo. Another quote, never say never because limits like fears are often just an illusion. End of quote. And he quotes here, you have to expect things of yourself before you can do them. End of quote. Now, the great Dennis Lilly is another one that comes to mind for me. And I heard this recently. I was watching a YouTube video. Um, yeah, the former Aussie cricketer and coach Justin Langer. And you know, when, he, when he was um, oh, about 16... Mm -hmm. You know, before he became a famous cricketer, Justin Langer. And yeah, he was at a cricket clinic. And Dennis Lilly told all the boys to come over because Dennis Lilly was doing this coaching clinic with them at the time. Yeah. And he goes, quote, boys, boys, come here. Here are three secrets to success. 
And then Justin Langer, you know, he's talking about his enthusiasm as he was just about to find out these three secrets to success from the, the great Aussie fast bowler. And Dennis Lilly goes, quote, the first secret you have, you've got to work hard. And Langer sighs. Oh, is that all it is? You know, is that all he's <laughs> going to say? Thanks, Scoop, you know. And then he's, Dennis Lilly says again, now, quote, the secret, come a bit closer. Guess you've got to work hard. End of quote. And anybody know what the third secret is? <laughs> and Langer and the others put their hands up and say, oh, you've got to work hard. And Lily goes, quote, you're right. If you don't work hard, you won't be any bloody good. End of quote. That was all quoted by Justin Langer from his experience years ago when he was at that coaching clinic. Wow. And that was one thing Dennis Lilly did extremely hard because, yeah, his career was all but over in the mid-1970s when he he suffered that that crippling back injury. Yeah. And, yeah, he managed to get back onto the, 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 uh, on the field and was better than ever. Right, we'll move on to our quiz now. Now, it's all multiple choice questions this week. Six questions. Now, Miss Olivia is going to read it out. We'll read the question out first. We'll have a bit of thinking music. And then we'll give the answer. Right, here she goes. Fire away, Libby. Okay, question number one. What former Olympic gold medalist made the following statement? A trophy carries dust. Memories last forever. Is it A, Jack Nicholaus, B, Rod Federer? Roger Federer. What did I say? (laughs) (laughs) What did I say? What have you been drinking, Livy? (laughs) Sugar-free Pacino. I think you need to give yourself an uppercut. <coughs> um, Roger, is it B? Roger Federer? He's the greatest tennis player of all time, just about. He's just some guy to me. That's all right. You're educating me about uh, your music, your musical in- uh, interests. Or is I'm it educating C? you about sport. <laughs> is it C? Mary Lou Retton. And the answer is... C. Mary Lou Retton. Right, question number two. What former Olympic great made the following statement? Age is no barrier. It's a limitation you put on your mind. That could be taken out of context. I don't like that. Yeah? What yeah. is that? Like, old guys are just like, age is, a li- is no barrier. It is a limitation I put on my mind. <laughs> um, is the answer A, Jackie Joyner... Oh. Kersey? Oh, I know this. It's in a song. Yeah? Yeah. Jackie oh, okay. Um, B, Mark Spitz. Or C, Linford Christie. 
And the answer is... Jackie Jonna Kersey. Yep. Aye. Yeah. Right, question three. What is the name of the great cricketer who made the following statement? When people throw stones at you, turn them... I'm struggling. Turn them into milestones. Was it A, Sachin Tendulkar, B, Shane Warne, or C, Brian Lara? And the answer is Sachin Tendulkar. I'm so sorry if I said that wrong. Mm. I saw on TV the other day, Brian Lara was batting in the nets. He's 54 years of age and he could still, to this day, I reckon... Yeah, he hasn't lost a... He's still as good as ever. He could still good. easily play test cricket, I reckon. And the West Indies need him right now. I'll give you the tip. <laughs> right, question four. What is the name of the former champion who made the following... Tennis champion. Tennis champion, sorry. Um, who made the following statement. Champions keep playing until they get it right. Is it A, Rod Laver, B, Serena Wimp, Williams or C Billy Jean King And the answer is C Billy Jean King Question number 5 What golfing great made the following statement The more I practice the luckier I get was it A, Jack Nicholas? He's been in here like twice. Yeah, it's a Jack Nicholas a thon. Yeah. Well, he's probably with Tiger Woods' greatest golfer ever. Yep. Or is it B, Arnold Palmer? Or C, Sam Sneed? And the answer is C. Sam Sneed. Last question. Six. What Australian racing driver made the following quote in regard to former Aussie motor racing champ Dick Johnson's one thing I learnt from Dick Johnson is that you can't achieve anything by looking backwards. Was it A, Peter Brock, B, John Bow, 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 yep, or C, Craig Lowndes? Lowndes. And the answer is John Bow. Right, thanks, Livy. We'll move on to our, well, it's a, yeah, it's a who am I this week. Ooh. Now, it's a tricky one. If if you're listening in America, yeah, you'll know it straight away. Yeah, but 
Oh, he's pretty well known. Yep. He's a guru in the coaching. I'm skipping so that I know the yeah. answer. Oh. Wait, whisper the answer to me. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know who I'm talking about. Oh, I think about. I'll give it away. Okay. Rightio. Fire away. He's an American. All right. Former, well, he's passed, he passed away years ago, but yeah, he's a very well-known American sporting coach. Okay. Who am I? I was born in Brooklyn, New York in 1913, and I am considered by many to be the greatest coach in American football history. According to Wikipedia, I am also the greatest coach in American football history. According to Wikipedia, I am also recognized as one of the greatest coaches and leaders in the history of all American sports. I was the head coach for the Green Bay Packers during the 1960s and led the team to three straight and five NFL, NFL. Yeah. championships in the space of seven years. I never had a losing season as an NFL head coach and compiled a regular season winning percentage of 73.8% and 90% in post in the postseason. During my illustrious mm -hmm. career, I've never heard that word before. You haven't heard of the word illustrious? No. Yeah? It's a, it's a big sporting word, a common sporting word means very good <laughs> it's inspirational during my illustrious career as a highly successful coach i made some well-known motivational quotes such as it's not whether you get knocked down it's whether you get up and dictionary is the only place that success comes before work if you are, <laughs> I'm trying to get that one. Hang on. <laughs> In the place that success comes before work. Yep. Okay. If you aren't fired with enthusiasm, you will be fired with enthusiasm. Well, let's be. This ah! comes before ah! W, doesn't it? Oh. Yeah. Oh, I really accept after C. Hmm. Cool. And if you aren't fine with enthusiasm, sadly, oh, geez, okay, this is, geez. Sadly, I died suddenly from cancer in 1970. I was enshrined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and the NFL Super Bowl trophy is named in my honor. My name is... And the answer will be revealed at the end of the episode. Woo! Yeah, thanks, Livy. Now, we'll talk about some other inspirational quotes in sport now. Now, Arnold Palmer, the great golfer. Now, he always, he said, quote, always make a total effort even when the odds are against you, end of quote. And Pele, another former Where Are They Now? Yeah, he passed away, I think it was last year. Yeah, so the more difficult the victory, the greater the happiness in winning. Now, I'm going to play another video now. Now, this guy's name was Herb Brooks. Now, he coached 
the USA ice hockey team to gold at the 1980 Lake Placid Winter Olympics. And it's, it was called, the, the, the match was called the Miracle on Ice. <laughs> yeah, and it's regarded as, well, we spoke about it in one of our previous episodes in Great Sporting Upsets. And this was considered by many to be the greatest sporting upset because they defeated the, the great Soviet Union team. And these guys, these American guys, they, they were just mainly um, college ice hockey players, you know, competing against these greats. And, yeah, this was the actual semi-final. I remember it when I was a kid watching it. And, yeah, it was a huge thing at the time. Anyway, I'm going to play this quote. This, this is Herb Brooks when he comes into the, the, the dressing shed just before they go out onto his team go out onto the ice very very inspirational speech if this doesn't give you goosebumps nothing will get ready guys stand by now it's oh sorry this is from the movie they made a movie about it ah yeah. so did it actually happen yeah the movie was called miracle yep Okay. Yeah, this is based on fact. I know. Now, this is him addressing the team pre-game. Now, this is played by... The uh, role was played by Kurt Russell, the, the role of Herb Brooks. Now, cool. this is from the movie Miracle. moments are born from great opportunity and that's what you have here tonight boys that's what you've earned here tonight one game if we play them ten times they might win nine Not this game. Not tonight. Tonight, we skate with them. Tonight, we stay with them. And we shut them down because we can. Tonight, we are the greatest hockey team in the world. You were born to be hockey players. Whoa. Every one of you. And you were meant to be here tonight. This is your time. Their time is done. It's over. I'm sick and tired of hearing about what a great hockey team the Soviets have. Screw them. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Yeah! Look at the goosebumps on me, Livy. They're epic goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> what about that? That's a very good speech. 
Oh, man. <laughs> You're ready to take on the world now. Yeah. Yeah. I need him to just, like, whisper in my ear <laughs> and just give me advice, you know? Now, the greatest ice hockey player of all time, Wayne Gretzky. Now, he said, quote, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And, quote, a good hockey player plays where the puck is. A great hockey player plays where the puck is going to be. End of quote. Hmm. Now, Bo Jackson, another another former Where Are They Nower. Now, he was uh, on the episode where we spoke about sports people who excelled in two sports. So he excelled in American football and baseball. And he said, quote, set your goals high and don't stop till you get there. End of quote. Now, have you heard of Arthur Ashe? No. Yeah, so he passed away about 30 years ago. But, yeah, he was an um, uh, African-American tennis player. And, yeah, he was very famous in the 70s, especially yeah. when, he, when he won Wimbledon. And he used to uh, meditate while he was on, on the court, you know, on to the change court. events. Yeah. Like he'd To help him focus, yeah. On the court, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of a game, you know, before before they go out onto the court yeah. to play again. Yeah, and he said, quote, you are never really playing an opponent. You are playing yourself. You, you, you own higher standards. And when you reach your limits, that is a real joy, end of quote. Now, Babe Ruth, the American baseball legend, who played from 1914 to 1935. Now, he held numerous records, such as the most home runs in a season, and most career home runs for around 40 years. And he said, quote, never let the fear of striking out get in your way. And he also said, quote, it's harder to beat someone who never gives up, end of quote. Now, John Wooden, he's a well-known American basketball coach and player and one of the most respected and admired coaches in the history of sports. Now, he won 10 NCAA National Championships in a 12-year period. And he was the head coach of the UCLA Bruins when they won seven titles in a row. So, yeah, he was the first college basketball player, too, to be named an All-American three times. And he is well known for his short, simple, inspirational messages to his players. Now, some of these examples are, quote, Success is never final, failure is never fatal, and it's courage that counts. And he says, goes on to say, quote, Do not let what you cannot do interfere with what you can do. End of quote. And also says, quote, Never cease trying to be the best you can be. End of quote. And he goes, quote, It's what you learn after you know it all that counts. End of quote. Now, Duncan Armstrong, the former Aussie swimmer, Olympic swimmer. Now, he won a gold medal. He caused a big upset yeah. in the 1988 Seoul Olympics in the 200 metres freestyle. Now, there was, he was up against three world record holders. And this was a time where Australia didn't do very well in the Olympics. Yeah. You know, because they were up against a lot of... Um, you know, the communist countries like the Soviet Union and they just didn't have the money to compete against them. 
And but here he caused a big upset in this race, and he says he said before the race. Well, he said this after the race, and this is what he's about this comment that he said before the race. And he goes, quote, Tonight, three world record holders will dive into the pool. Four world record holders will climb out. <laughs> that was just prior to him winning Olympic gold in the 200 metres freestyle. Oh, here we are. I've got a quote by Jack Nicholas. Is that? Yeah. He goes, professional golf is the only sport where if you win 20% of the time, then you're the best. Mm. Now, Phil Jackson, very famous American basketball coach and well-known player as well. Yeah, he coached the great Chicago Bulls to their dynasty. Now, he goes, quote, wisdom is always an overmatch for strength, end of quote. And the great Jack Gibson, the great Aussie Australian former rugby league coach, he was very well known for his quotes, especially his funny quotes, which we'll talk about next week. Ooh. Now he goes, quote, talent is secondary to whether players are confident. Yeah, end of quote. Now, another one that he said, and it was just very simple, <laughs> played, yeah. played strong, done good. Play strong, doesn't it? <laughs> it's like a caveman. Yeah. <clears throat> when Parramatta were winning all those premierships and yeah, were the king king of the kings of the game in the early eighties. Um, their great halfback Peter Sterling, he was struggling at the time with his kicking game. Yeah. And he goes up to coach Jack Gibson, you know, to get some advice, you know, oh, what can I do, Jack? You know, to improve my kicking game. I'll keep kicking it to the players. And then Jack Gibson said to him... What did he say? He goes, quote, kick it to the seagulls. <laughs> and then, you know, Peter Sterling goes away and he thinks, what is he, what's he what is going he on about? You know? And then that following um, weekend, they played at the Sydney Cricket Ground and there were seagulls all on the oh, field there. Oh, my gosh. The, yeah, because in sporting grounds in Australia, seagulls will... Go where the play isn't, you know. They'll they'll go on onto the field and gather into a group. Yeah, <laughs> but when the ball goes near there, yeah, they all take off. And uh, yeah, that's what Peter Sterling did. He the whole game he kicked it to the seagulls, and he had the and best did he his do best well? yeah his best kicking game ever. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, and Tommy Lasorda. Now he's a well-known former American baseball player and yeah. manager. And was manager of the LA Dodgers when they won two World Series championships in the 1970s. Now he's got a quote here: "The difference between the impossible and the possible lies in a man's determination." Hmm. Now. Wait, can they hear this? <laughs> what are you doing, you? <laughs> Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Now, I'm going to talk about how to write a motivational quote. Ooh, tutorial. Yeah. I'll get like a pen. Yep. Very important. Okay. Everybody at home, <laughs> get like your pens and your paper out. Yeah. So, whenever one is going through a slump, so it could okay. be in sport, in their career, you know, motivational 
quote can greatly help, especially in regard to turning one's words into action. And yeah, in the men's group I attend. Yeah. Um, now we do that every now and then. I've been attending for a while now, and every uh, oh, about three or four months, every, every three months or so, yeah, we uh, have have a session where we write down some po- uh, positive affirmations. You That's know? nice. Yeah, positive quotes to ourselves and. Yeah, and what we do, like we'll write down 20 of our best qualities and then about three at a time we cross off ones until yeah. we get down to like our top three or four. And uh, yeah, and from that we do like a motivational quote. Kind of rule about cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but what happens is that, yeah, like we review them after every several months and... Did I really? Am I really doing that? Am I doing that? Yeah. Now, yeah. So it's very important. And yeah, do you, what, what do you think? Positive affirmations and motivational quotes are important, Livy. Because like you speak it, like if if you say it enough, I'm not going to say like it will come true, mm. but um, you'll start you'll start to believe it more. Yeah. Yep. If you're like if you're saying like it's just like basic fact i guess like if you're like i can't do this then you're going to be less motivated to do it mm. yeah and it, it's helpful you know, to look at it every day pin it up on your wall and mm. on your fridge on the mirror in your bathroom <laughs> while got, you're brushing your teeth <laughs> we've got like inspirational quotes yeah we do don't we yep and our laundry for some reason mm. yep Anyway, we're going to move on to our Where Are They Now for this week. I was going to write a quote. Oh, okay. Yeah, go for it. Libby's writing a quote. Me, we. Yep. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. What's this one? So you're writing your own inspirational quote. (laughs) What does it say? Ape, 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 strong together. (laughs) Please explain. (laughs) Please explain, Livy. There's one ape, right? Yeah. And then when there's ape, 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 there's three apes. <laughs> and the apes are strung together. Oh, I have no idea what you're going on about. <laughs> Togetherness. Oh, okay. Rightio. We're going to talk about a very inspirational man now. Ooh. Yeah, we're going to go to the world of swimming this week. And we're going to talk about a man called Michael Klim. I've heard now, of him. Now, he was a former Australian swimmer. Yeah. Mainly excellent relay swimmer. 
and yeah, he won some world championships too as an individual swimmer. But he's also, what he's known for now, he's battling a very rare debilitating disease, mm. which I'll get into a bit further. But first of all, we're going to talk about his swimming career. Now, Michael Klim, he was born on the 13th of August, 1977. That's near my birthday. Yeah. 19- oh, yeah, your 4th of August. Yeah. Um, now, see if I can pronounce this right. He was actually born in Poland. Really? Yeah. Gdynia, I think it's called. Now, it's, it's a, he's a former Polish-born Australian swimmer, an Olympic gold medalist, world champion, and a former world record holder. Now, Klim is responsible for being the creator of the straight arm freestyle. Now, Klim moved to Australia from Poland with his parents when he was nine years of age. He attended the University High School in Melbourne and the Wesley College in Melbourne. Now, Klim began swimming after he fell out of a window. Oh, my God. And it was suggested to him that a low-impact activity, such as swimming, would help him with his recovery. And then he becomes an Olympic swimmer. Yeah, well, this is how a lot of um, the great swimmers got into swimming, you know, when they were kids, you know, it's to treat medical conditions. No, I think it was pretty sure it was Kieran Perkins. Yeah. He had really bad asthma. And, yeah, a lot of kids at certain ages, you know, they're encouraged to get into swimming to improve their breathing. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, Klim was selected on the Australian swimming team while he was still a student at Wesley College for the 1994 Commonwealth Games in Victoria, Canada. And he then qualified for the 1996 Atlanta Olympics and was ranked first in the world for the 200 metres freestyle. However, was surprisingly eliminated in the heats. Now, he qualified for the 100 metres butterfly and swam the freestyle leg as part of the Australian 4x100m medley team that claimed bronze. Yeah, so things can go wrong, you know, because what happens with uh, athletes in the lead-up to Olympic Games and World Championships, but especially Olympic Games, they, uh, just before competition, they taper, right? So they cut down on their training, and if they don't get their taper right, it doesn't matter if they're the world champion or not, yeah, like can... out. Yep. Yeah, and when you're up against the best in the world, you just have to be off your game a little bit, and yeah, see you later. Damn. Anyway, but he qualified for the 100 meters butterfly. Yeah, yeah. So he's part of the 100 meters medley team that claimed bronze. Now the following year, he was named the male swimmer of the year by Swimming World magazine. Now, Klim excelled in 1998 and was the leading swimmer of the meet at the World Aquatic Championships held in Perth. He claimed gold in the 200 metres freestyle and the 100 metres butterfly and picked up silver in the 100 metres freestyle and bronze in the 50 metre freestyle. Now, Klim also claimed gold as part of the 4x200 metres freestyle and the 4x100 metres medley relay teams. And also, silver in the 4 by 100 metres freestyle relay. So he had a good meet. He did. Yeah. Now, Klim was also named the Australian Institute of Sport Athlete of the Year that year, and again in 1999. Now, in 1999, Klim broke the world record twice in the 100 metres butterfly 
in a time of 51.81 seconds. That is not Gosh, very long. I'd be lucky to <laughs> do half a length of the pool. That's how long it without takes drowning. to get in. Yeah. <laughs> now, Klim excelled, especially as a real-life swimmer, and is most fondly remembered for his Herculean lead-off swim in the 4x100m freestyle final on the first night of competition at the 2000 Sydney Olympic Games. Klim smashed the 100m world record in the relay and played an instrumental part in Australia's memorable victory with fellow teammates Ian Thorpe, Ashley Callis and Chris Feidler. Now I'm going to play... We're going to play part of that final. Okay. Yeah. It was uh, one hell of a race. Look how close it gets. Now Michael Clemmy swam the first leg. I'm going to try and get it back to start there. Because he swam the first leg. No, that's the second leg. So this is the start of the race. Michael Klim is on fire. Is he going in the front? Yep. He's on world record pace, 22.83 world record pace is 22.33. Michael Klim is going for it. You want a message? Here's one. Michael Klim still in front. The margin half a body length. The Americans back in second place. Urban would be second. Coming on, Italy would be third. But look at Michael Klim powering down to the wall. Chris Feidler in next for the Australians. Check that time. 48.18. Michael Klim has just broken the world record. 48.18. Right. So American swimmer Gary Hall Jr. caused a stir leading up to the event when he proclaimed in a magazine article that the American team would, quote, smash the Aussies, smash them like guitars. That was in reference to the Aussie swim team. Now, Hall Jr. had every right to be confident as the US team had won gold in the event at every Olympics it had been held since it began at the 1964 Tokyo Olympics. The Americans had also won the event at every World Championships, so that they were undefeated. Now, the Americans had also won... Yeah, so Hall, Hall Jr.'s comment would go on to make front-page news, and his quote would go on to inspire Michael Klim and the Aussie men's 4x100m freestyle relay team. Now, let's play the end of the race. What a magnificent start for... Yeah. So, uh, what a swim. What a swim. 
Yeah, just before the race that night, the great Ian Thorpe, one of Australia's greatest swimmers, he broke the world record in the men's 400 metres freestyle in front of a home crowd. Now, Thorpe was set to swim the anchor leg for the Aussies, and barely an hour after his victorious swim, yeah, so he, he was required he required the help of three officials to help him get into his full length swimsuit following his wow. medal ceremony and media conference and he just made it to the race in time. <laughs> By the skin of the his teeth. Thing. Yeah, because those swimsuits they've got on, they are so tight. They're you know? thick too, like the fabric. Oh yeah. <laughs> so he didn't have much time to muck around. No. Yeah. And um, <laughs> just got in there on time while they were being introduced. But I remember that first night. I didn't actually get to watch it because I was at the watching the weightlifting. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, live. Yeah, I got tickets to the weightlifting on that first night of competition. So I didn't hear about all these, uh, you know, that, that this swimming race until uh, the next day. Now... The US team, they qualified fastest for the final and Klim went out like a bullet out of a gun smashing the 100 metres freestyle. Yeah, in a time of 48.14 seconds, giving the Aussies a vital edge. Now, the commentator who called the fo- that race, now his name is Dennis Cometti. <laughs> in our next episode, we're going to talk about him in depth. Yeah. I'm not going to give it away at the moment, but, yeah, one of our great sporting commentators of all time. Now, the Americans fought back, and the Aussies and the Americans battled it out stroke for stroke going into the final leg. And it all came down to Thorpe and Hall Jr. and the humble Aussie and the brash American sprint specialist. The American passed Thorpe and led by a body length going into the final turn. Thorpe drew level with Hall Jr. Yes, and we know how the race finished, as called by the legendary sports commentator, Dennis Cometti. Yes, I thought managed to touch the wall first. Yeah. 0.19 of a second ahead of Hall, Hall Jr. And the Aussie team claimed a famous gold medal in a world record time, as mentioned, 3 minutes, 13.67 seconds breaking the Americans' stranglehold on the event. The home crowd went absolutely berserk, and it's a famous moment in Australian sporting history. And Michael Klim and the rest of the quartet, you know what they did? What did they do? (laughs) They cheekily began playing air guitars (laughs) on the pool deck. (laughs) This reminds me of uh, former cricketer Tony Gregg. Yeah, he always used to make these quotes. Yeah. And they'd always come back to bite. And one, yeah, <laughs> this is, he made this infamous quote about the touring West Indies team before the Test Series back in 1976. Yeah. And when he was interviewed, oh, he goes, I oh, will make them grovel. And that came back to bite because they got thrashed. And the West Indies fast bowlers just demolished them. Now, going turning back to swimming now, Michael Klim now, he was also part of the 4 by 200 metres freestyle team that won the gold medal in world record time 
of seven minutes, like 7.05 seconds, winning by over five seconds. Now, Klim's 100 metres world record did not last long when it was beaten by the Netherlands, Peter van der Hoogenband, in the semi-final of the 100 metres freestyle. Now, Klim faded in the last 50 metres of the final, finishing fourth. Now, in the 100 metres butterfly, Klim was the world record holder, and things were going to plan in the final when he turned first under world record pace. However, he was overtaken towards the end of the race by Sweden's Lars Frölander, finishing with the silver. And on the final night of competition, Klim added another silver medal to his collection as part of the 4x100m medley relay team. So I guess he'd be disappointed on his individual performances at the Olympics. Yeah. Yeah, especially you know, going into those events as world record holder. And, yeah, you know, it's such a yeah, fine line when it gets to that final. Yeah, anything can happen. Now, in 2001, an ankle injury forced Klim to be restricted to relay duties. And at the World Championships in Fukuoka, Japan, that year, Klim was part of the Australian team in the 4x200m relay team that broke the world record, winning gold, and was also part of the 4x100m freestyle team that claimed gold. Now, Klim that year, too, was inducted into the Australian Institute of Sports' Best of the Best. Yay. Now, Klim did not compete during the 2002 and 2003 due to chronic back and shoulder problems, and he failed to qualify for the 2004 Athens Olympics. However, was later selected as part of the relay team, which picked up silver behind the USA in the 4x200m. Klim eventually made it back to individual swimming events and swam at the World Championships in Montreal in 2005. However, he missed out on making the finals in the 50 metres and the 100 metres freestyle. And he was part of the 4x100 metres freestyle relay team that claimed bronze. Now, Klim retired from competitive swimming in June 2007. However, four years later, he attempted a comeback in 2011, aiming to qualify for the 2012 London Olympics. I think, yeah, Ian Thorpe attempted a comeback for those games too. Yeah, however, Klim failed to qualify for the swim team and then retired from competitive swimming for good. Oh, yeah, so uh, it tends to happen with swimmers. You know, once they you know retire, it's very hard for them to come back. Yeah, because you know things advance so much. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds incredibly competitive. Oh, it is, and you know they. They train from a very young age, like, you know, um, like six, six or seven hours every day. You know, yeah. Three hours in, in the morning, getting up at four in the morning, looking at a black line <laughs> while you're training. You know, it wouldn't be very exciting, would it? No. Yeah. Up and down the pool. Yeah, there's a lot of... A lot of hard training that goes into it. A lot of miles. Mm. Mm. Now, Klim married former model and fashion entrepreneur Lindy Rama in April 2006. And they went on to have two daughters and a son. Klim and Rama separated in early 2016. 
Now, once retiring from swimming, he became founder and CEO of a skin company called Milk & Co. He... I know I know that company. Yeah, do you? Why does he have a skincare line? Hmm. Not sure. We'll have to contact him and find out. Yes. Maybe. Yes, we have yeah. to. We have to. We have to text him and be like, "Hey, why do you?" <laughs> well, I don't do think he do does it. Do? He does it now, though. Yeah. I've definitely heard of that. Yeah, he had to step away from it due to his, you know, condition, which mm. we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. He also was active in promoting an active and healthy lifestyle and being close to nature. Now, some of his quotes include, quote, Get out and about. Rather than going to the same gym and doing the same thing, it's a good opportunity to try new things, end of quote. And another one, quote, A new environment encourages us to be more mindful and present as we're more likely to notice and appreciate new surroundings, end of quote. Now, let's look at what Michael Klim's doing today. So he's now 46 years of age, mm. and he shares custody of his children with his ex-wife. He lives in Bali with his current partner, Michelle Owen, and supports the St. Kilda Saints in the AFL. Now, Gary Hall Jr. cringes today when people remind him of the smash em like guitars quote mm. that he mentioned, especially with an Aussie accent. <laughs> he doesn't like it. Now, Hall Jr. states that it was a quote he wrote that was taken way out of context by the Australian media and that the article he wrote was simply praising the Australian swim team for the innovations and their training methods at the time. He was also praising how Australia treated their swimmers like celebrities. And he is hurt by what happens because it was such a nice article. Aww. Now, Hall Jr. said he was the most hated man in Australia for two weeks and thought it was unfair how he was treated and it tarnished his reputation in the sport. Now, in 2020, Klim was diagnosed with the rare autoimmune disorder, chronic inflammatory, now, uh, dem demilinating poly neuropathy or CIDP it's called now it's an incurable neurological disorder where the body attacks the protective covering surrounding the nerve fibers Yikes. causing sensory loss and deteriorating um, limb use so this would be really hard for him you know he's this Olympic athlete like it always happens to people mm. where that's you know, that's their life. That's their livelihood, like yeah. their health. And yeah. Must just be terrible. You know, to go from being so fit and health and fitness is your whole life. To, yeah. Yeah. I guess like a lot of these uh, athletes, we, they look, you know, as, you know, indestructible. Yeah. But he's got, he's, always had a positive attitude towards it. Now, his health began to rapidly decline after he received the diagnosis and he faced the possibility of becoming wheelchair-bound, especially after the illness began to greatly affect his legs and feet mm. and he struggled to walk without assistance. Now, Klim began to receive IFIG, now it's called intravenous immuno, immunoglobulin infusions. Good job. <laughs> it's a tongue twister that are made from donated plasma from human blood yeah. to help reduce the 
the degenerative effect. Yeah. Now, it was understandably an enormous challenge for Klim, having to manage and learn to accept the rare condition. Klim said, quote, I was in disbelief and denial because my body physically was such a big part of my personality. End of quote. Now, Klim had to rebuild himself, not only physically, but mentally too, as being active played a major part in how he looked after his mental health. Klim has had many dark days and said on the TV show The Sunday Project that he only allows himself an hour every day to feel frustrated, angry and sorry for himself and then he moves on with the rest of his life. That's... wow. Mm. And it's also been difficult for his family to witness his physical decline. Mm. Now, thankfully, due to the thousands of plasma donors across Australia... Klim receives the treatments he requires to live a better quality of life. Now, he travels to Sydney every six weeks to receive treatment. Yeah, because they don't have the treatment in Bali. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, now th this was the problem with the Bali bombings. You know, that's why a lot of people died, because the hospitals, because it's a third world country, they just didn't have the access, you know, and the... Yeah, the medical treatment for to deal with such a you know huge catastrophe and you know, yeah yeah now Klim made the decision to become more more active in the lives of his children and reclaim some of some of his lost identity. Now he told the wide world of sports that because of his sporting identity, people simply assumed he was resilient enough to overcome his illness. He reported, yeah, that he had to regain that athletic mindset to help him deal with the diagnosis and he had to install this into his everyday life. He found he had to be regimented in regard to his nutrition and training and he benefits from ice baths, physio treatment and working closely with his medical team. Awesome. Mm. That's a good story. Yeah. And today, Klim is in a better place physically and mentally, thanks to the donations, and he is more mobile. Have you ever donated blood, Libby? Um, I don't think so. Mm. It's a lengthy process. Well, I, I haven't done it for years now, but, yeah. But, you know, it certainly is of great benefit to so many people out there, isn't it? I've donated something. Yeah, you get a free feed afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> they give you free food. Yeah. Nice. Uh, not much, but yeah, because you're pretty drained by the end of it. Because you, know, you get a fair bit of blood taken out of you. Speaking of food, I'm going to go get a snack. I'll like run and come Yeah, back. you're right. Do you want anything? No, I'm all good. I'm full as a gug. <laughs> <laughs> Now, he has experienced significant muscle wastage in his legs and requires the use of a walking stick and leg braces for assistance. Now, he, he now runs his own swim school in Bali and in Australia, and it's called Klim Swim. Now, it requires him to be on his feet and around the pool decks. However, thankfully, due to his treatments, it has helped stabilise his condition, for which he is extremely grateful. Klim is more accepting of his condition and is less self-conscious. 
and he's able to help and support others who are going through the condition. And he finds this very rewarding. Now, Klim has become an Australian Red Cross Lifeblood Ambassador, a role in which he raises awareness around the need for plasma and blood donations. Now, through medications and transfusions, plasma is used to treat not only autoimmune diseases, but also cancer and heart disease. Now, Klim admits he did not very often donate blood before he was diagnosed, but now greatly appreciates how special donors are. Now, Klim said, quote, Swimming used to be my happy place. It is even happier now. End of quote. Aww. Yeah. But he also said, like, you know, there's another quote that he said, for me, sport was a great vehicle to prepare myself for life lessons in the future. Yeah, end of quote. So when he looks back at his swimming career now, as we spoke about, going through all that adversity, you know, having to, when he was diagnosed with this um, rare, dis rare disorder, yeah, yeah, it's helped him, you know, his swimming career has helped him you know, for whatever whatever's happened to him post post his swimming career. That's you know, and having yeah. to deal with Yeah. 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 And it all started when he fell out of a window. That's right. Like mm. can we circle back to that? Yep. Yeah, it's very interesting. I wonder how high the window was. <laughs> I hope it wasn't too high. Yeah, but now he uses a walking stick now to get around, and he's walking up and down the decks, awesome. coaching kids, and yeah. But just a true inspiration, and this is another thing, you know, Glenn. It'd be interesting to uh, next time he's on, you know, how he's reached out to others with cerebral palsy. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now one can book a blood or plasma donation at lifeblood.com.au or by calling 131495 or they can download the Donate Blood app. Yeah. That's the story of Mr. Michael Klim. It's a very good story. Hmm. Certainly is. Right, we'll reveal our answer now to our Who Am I for this week? And the answer Ooh. is... Vince Lombardi. <gasps> yeah, the Super Bowl trophy is awarded after him, the Lombardi trophy, Vince Lombardi trophy. Yeah, they'll be coming up in a few weeks, the Super Bowl. Yay, exciting for you. Oh, I don't really follow up much. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to... <laughs> oh, yeah, American football, I've got nothing against it. It's just, you know, I've been brought up with football here, but... Yeah. Yeah, it's a, a big event, huge sporting event, one of the biggest sporting events in the world. Wow. And, you know, it's mainly known for all its halftime entertainment, you know, famous musicians from around the world performing. Oh, yeah. And the famous TV commercials that they have. Like what? You've got to pay millions and millions and millions of dollars to have a 30-second segment. Yeah, <laughs> I think about that a lot. Like During the Super Bowl. There's just like yeah. these little ads playing. 
um, if I'm if I'm like going through the channels on TV and it's like you paid so much money to be here, mm. and it's like no one even watches TV anymore. Yeah, well, uh, a lot of people in America watch the Super Bowl, well, all around the world, but especially in America. Oh, the Super Bowl! I know the Super Bowl. And they'll watch the ads. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, that concludes our first part. And part in our one. next part, in part two, as we said, we're going to look at some of the funny sporting quotes, some of the well-known funny sporting quotes from over the years. Yeah, so that wraps it up for this episode. So thank you for joining Livy and I for this episode of The Sports Shack. All sources for this episode are on the platform page. So it's a goodbye from Paul. It's a goodbye from Olivia. Goodbye. Bye.